0: Welcome into the Powell at the Park podcast. I'm Kevin Powell, and before we dive into the first episode, I just kind of wanted to lay out what you can expect from this podcast. And I cover both the Cubs and White Sox for WGN Radio, so that's basically what it's going to be. We'll have Cubs-related guests. We'll have White Sox-related guests. We'll have players, managers, front office, all that good stuff. Uh, An episode per week right now is what I'm planning on, but we can – change accordingly if we need to, if there's breaking news throughout the season, or um, if people want more episodes. Hopefully it goes that well. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I also have the Powell at the Park blog at WGNRadio.com if you want to read some stuff there as well. So appreciate you tuning in. This is the Powell at the Park podcast, episode number one.
1: Man, if we all get out of here in a hurry. Just a bit outside. You know, anything travels that far, out to have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? It's time for Powell at the Park. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Cubs, Socks, all your Chicago baseball
0: news.
2: Dynamite drop in money. Here's your host, Kevin Powell. Play ball!
0: Well, here we go. Opening episode of Powell at the Park. I'm Kevin Powell. Appreciate you tuning in to the opening episode. The way this is going to work, the format of the podcast, at least how I hear it in my head, is we'll go over just a few headlines to start things off, a couple things that caught my eye throughout the uh, past few days of the Chicago baseball scene. and uh, Then we'll move on to interviews and discussions. On today's episode, very excited to talk to Chicago White Sox starting pitcher Lucas Giolito. Had a chance to meet with him a little bit when I was out in the desert Uh, A few weeks back And a very calculated guy Has some interesting things to say He'll give you an update on how his spring's going And then we will chat with the Athletics John Greenberg Always like talking to John Uh, He was out in the desert as well So we'll talk a little Cubs there and a little Sox We'll start with some headlines though It was debut week for a couple high profile players For the Sox and the Cubs We'll start with the White Sox Breaking ball hit high and deep to left
2: Back goes Kiblihan, still going back, looking up, and it is gone! A grand slam for Luis Robert, and the White Sox, on the extra point,
0: lead 14-12 over the Reds. How about that for your first spring start? And they're all the way for Luis Robert. Got a hooker and just buried it out there. Luis Robert, a grand slam to put the Sox ahead in the eighth of Wednesday's game obviously a great start for him. He said he knew it was gone right when he hit it. Sox fans are pumped, obviously, about the team's young core, and to see something like that from a key prospect, that was huge. For the Cubs, you Darvish on the bump, his first spring start. A little amped up to begin with. He had a couple wild pitches, a lot of run to score, but overall pretty solid, four strikeouts over two innings. His teammate Chris Bryant, happy to have Darvish on his team.
2: You know, excited to have you here and uh, op- opening arms to him, and he's going to be a huge addition for us. and Just a dominating picture, and I'm, I'm glad I don't have to face him. So I'm glad he's on our team. Hopefully he's going to help us win a lot of games, and um, we're here supporting him and the whole Japanese culture. So um, it's going to be a great year.
0: It's Chris Bryant on Yu Darvish. So a nice couple of debuts for Yu Darvish and for Luis Robert. And I had a chance to talk to Robert's teammate, Lucas Giolito, the starting pitcher. For your Chicago White Sox, and I actually asked Lucas about that grand slam. Here's what he had to say.
2: Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm sitting in um, Bob's office here um and he on his tablet he has the video up i'm i'm looking at it right now it's uh pretty impressive pretty impressive i i, I call luis robert luis the truth robert because uh he's that he's like that five tool guy 100% and uh, i'm excited to see uh, how he's going to help the club in the future for sure
0: We've been trying to um, some other beat guys and some some you know radio people and broadcasters. We're talking about Luis and we're trying to comp him to another player that we've seen before. Is there anybody he reminds you of?
2: Um, I I don't know. I don't I don't think I'd be able to. Be able to make a make Cause, a good
0: comparison because neither can we. He's like a whole different breed himself. He's a pretty incredible athlete. So it was, it was I think, yeah. for a lot of White Sox fans, cool to see a young uh, prize prospect um, actually perform on the field. But for yourself, uh, overall, you're pretty happy where your spring's headed right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. For the first game, um, I wasn't wasn't very sharp. Kind of feeling things out, getting back into that game, speed, and then uh, yeah, my my start a couple days ago was was better. Um, what I what I was really happy with was I felt like I was getting stronger as the game went on. I, my third inning was definitely my best one, um, and that's kind of a good feeling to have as a starting pitcher because you know you you'd love to feel your strongest going into the you know sixth, seventh, eighth inning. So um, yeah, I feel like uh, everything's going pretty well.
0: I read a quote from you the other day that essentially said you you were less concerned about velocity, but now you're throwing harder. And when I read that, I immediately thought it. Of a golf swing, kind of equating it to that, where sometimes golfers try to swing harder, but you know, and then they yeah. dial they dial it back a little bit, and just because they're working on mechanics or tempo or whatever it may be, and they're hitting the ball farther. Would you say that's a a fair comparison?
2: It, it definitely is, and and I want to say I wish that I could I I could apply that that same thinking <laughs> to my golf swing because I get out there and I swing it as hard as I can sometimes. And, yeah, uh, I'm yeah, with I don't, you, brother. <laughs>
0: How is the uh, golf but, uh, game, by the way? I think like, when I was out there, I heard you guys talking about, is Chris Beck the the best golfer on the team? Didn't he break 80? Um,
2: I'd say, yeah, I'd say Beck uh, probably takes the crown right now. Uh, he's been swinging it really well. We were able to get out and play. This is a few weeks ago. We were able to get out and play uh, TPC Scottsdale. Nice. and. I shot like 100 or something. It wasn't great, but uh Beck ended up shooting I want to say like a 78, which Strong. is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a very very uh, talented golfer for sure.
0: You guys get competitive out there on the course?
2: Uh, every once in a while, every once in a while, I've been more—I've been more trying to feel out my swing. But uh, you know, I've been trying to feel out my swing for like two years. So, um, no, I got—I uh, just got new clubs yesterday. So I'm probably going to get get on the range at some point today and, and try them out.
0: I, I know your locker mates with Carson at camelback who who are you close with it seems like a lot of genuine relationships are being built as this whole rebuild retooling whatever you want to call it for the franchise it seems like some real genuine relationships are being built so is it carson who who are you tight with in the clubhouse
2: um definitely tight with carson uh spending the whole the whole basically we spent the whole year together last year um I, I don't know it's it's hard to say everyone everyone seems to be pretty close with everybody it's that type of clubhouse uh the 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 vibes are awesome uh everyone's having a good time including the young guys got you know A ball guys that you know this is their first big league camp they what I really like to see is that they're comfortable they're being themselves everyone's able to have a really fun time um you know Ricky's Ricky's put some 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 good things together as far as uh getting the guys in front of everybody and um you know either performing or or doing some sort of um you know i guess like exhibit you know whatever it may be um everyone's everyone's really having a good time
0: who's turned into the class clown (laughs) um
2: it's hard to say. Sometimes it's me. Uh, I like to act like a goofball sometimes (laughs) in the clubhouse and and get people going. Um, It kind of depends on the day. Nicky's always uh, super high energy, and and, uh, uh, I'd say that Yolmer will always take the cake, though. He's... uh, yeah, Sanchi's always uh, always stirring stuff up, dancing around. Uh, you know, just keeping keeping it pretty lighthearted.
0: I was gonna say my la- my last day. I was in in uh, Arizona at Sox camp at Camelback, and we we were standing outside the clubhouse, and we just hear this banging noise, and they f- they open open the doors, and it's Yomer walking around the clubhouse just doing laps. I think he had taken Thiago Vieira's drum and he was just pounding yeah. it and walking laps around the the clubhouse so i can see the the yomer class clown uh, situation there
2: oh yeah yeah it's uh i don't know i feel like given on any given day it could be any guy in the clubhouse except for maybe a few some guys are a little bit more serious but uh we all we all really love to have a good time and uh we take full advantage
0: do you guys feed off one another and try to one-up each other or at least you know use that as competitive drive on the field
2: for sure, for sure. I mean as far as, as far as the pitching staff goes, um, you know, we'll we'll have our we'll have our little uh, fun bets here and there, like, you know, I go out and strike out eight guys, the next guy wants to strike out ten or um you know, if I don't know like I hit 94 95 last outing and then then next guys like oh I'm going to I'm going to get a mile an hour higher than you things like that you know we're always always messing around uh you know trying to trying to help each other get better uh working with each other that's that's another thing that um I really really enjoy about our clubhouse is that uh, whether it's position players, uh, pitchers, catchers, doesn't matter. Um, we're always helping each other uh, to get better. You know, Kopech's working on his changeup right now. Uh, Shields has been talking to Kopey about about uh, you know changeup grips and um, you know ways to throw it uh you know i'm I, when i'm working on you know my curveball whatever I, I can talk to a guy with a with a really good curveball really good curveball command and uh you know it's always just kind of like open information we're always there to help each other and uh you know when when you have a lot of that going on it can it can help just kind of boost everybody up
0: what are you working on specifically this spring
2: commanding the curveball, uh throwing the curveball for a strike. Uh I didn't do a great job of that last year, so I'm looking forward to, you know, coming out and, and being able to drop that curveball uh into the strike zone or in, in early counts more efficiently. And then I'd say uh commanding the fastball for sure, uh throwing it to my extension side a little bit better and um you know, continuing to uh, do a good job of changing eye levels. Uh, you know, moving the ball up and down has become just as important, if not more important, than in and out. So, you know, continuing to work on all that kind of stuff as well.
0: What's it been like working with Coop?
2: It's been awesome. It's been awesome. Uh, working with Coop is is great. Uh, he always has... Uh, he always has... Uh, Like fantastic tidbits of information, Um, whether he's just saying it in passing, or or you're talking about something specific uh, while you're working in the bullpen, or or after after a game or side session, Um, you know he's always honest. He's gonna he's gonna tell you what what, you know what's working, what's not working, you know what you need to improve, and uh, you know you can always talk to him about uh, you know ways to find ways to improve what you need to improve. So, uh, you know, my relationships with him has been awesome, and, and I'm just looking forward to working with him more and more and becoming a better pitcher.
0: You seem very calculated in basically everything you do, Lucas. Even when I was there asking you to do some liners, like, Hi, this is Lucas Giolito with the White Sox. You're listening to WGN. Whatever it may be, you seem very dialed in. Would you say, what, what do you make of that? I mean, would, is that an accurate description of yourself, that you're very calculated and in, in terms of baseball a student of the game?
2: for sure. I mean, I'm always trying to find a way to get better. Uh, you know, that's 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 the way to uh, you know, become a great player is always improving. Um, you know, no no guys in baseball, especially successful guys, no guys are ever just content with where they're at. You know, oh, I've, you know, I've done this. I've made it this far. You know, now I now I'm just going to like take the foot off the gas. There there's uh I don't think there's there's a way to continue to have success like that. You got to be hungry to um improve, hungry to uh you know just compete at a higher level. Uh so for me it's it's just ha- coming to the field every day and having extremely focused work and um you know finding ways to improve at least one thing every day.
0: Is your goal to be the ace of the staff?
2: Um my goal is to be I have to be be uh I guess careful as I say this is to be a ace of the staff uh because I want the White Sox to have five aces uh you know I've been saying this uh in a couple interviews before but um you know I, I wholeheartedly believe that if we have five aces uh then we have a, a much better chance of Winning, winning games than if there's only one. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it's it's just more togetherness. Uh, you know, more of uh, of that family atmosphere. We're going to be behind every single guy that takes that mound every day, um, like they are the ace, and they are the ace of that day. So for me, yeah, I do want to be an ace of the staff, but I want to be one of five. Um, You know, we have that same level of confidence in every starting pitcher that goes out there.
0: That makes sense. And how about opening day? Are you aiming to be the opening day starter, or maybe even if not opening day, the home opener starter? Does that matter to you?
2: Um, You know, things like that kind of take care of themselves. Uh, I may need to be I may need to get a little bit more experience under my belt before um, you know I take take an opening day spot. But uh, you know I'm open to I'm open to whatever whatever role the uh, the team wants to put me in. Um, you know I just want to go out there. I want to throw. As many innings as possible, and uh, you know, I want to help the team win every single every single time I get to take the ball. So, you know, for me, uh you know, it'd be sweet to be opening day or home opener or whatever it may be. My work and and uh, you know what I can do to to help the team.
0: Lucas, uh good luck this season, man. I appreciate the time and good luck on the golf course.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably get out there in the next couple of days here, so you know, maybe I can uh, figure some things
0: out. That's Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox. Really appreciate Lucas jumping on. Uh, interesting to hear about his golf game and some of the relationships being built at Camelback Ranch. Thanks again to Lucas. All right, we now turn to the Athletics. John Greenberg. John's the founding editor-in-chief columnist at athletic.com. John's the one uh, spearheading the Athletics' quest to take over the sports journalism world. Appreciate you jumping on, John.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. appreciate it, Kevin.
0: This is the very first episode of Powell at the Park. How thrilled are you to be on the first episode? I know it's a big moment for you.
1: Yeah, a little bit of a groundbreaker. You know, I feel like I'm a trailblazer of some sort right. so yeah pretty, pretty
0: pumped I figured you'd fit right in for the first episode John at John underscore Greenberg on Twitter at The Athletic Shy you should uh, really read everything they're putting out on the web from uh, from John to Sahadev to Patrick Moody to James Feagan on the White Sox they got you covered on the, uh, on the baseball side of things and pretty much every sport in Chicago it's must read stuff so um, anything you want to plug John uh, for The Athletic any subscription stuff you'd like to get out there
1: Well, I mean, we're always, you know, looking for new readers and new subscribers. That's kind of the the goal every day when I wake up in the morning, is how many subscribers can we get today? Uh, You know, our baseball stuff's fantastic right now. We have two beat writers for the Cubs. Um, No one else has two full-time beat writers. And we have one for the White Sox, and then I'm helping out, and Lauren Commodore writes as well. Uh, So, yeah, just keep your eye out. We're going to have a big blitz at the end of the month when when the season comes on, but Uh, Keep an eye out of our stuff in spring training. Uh, So wrote two really good stories um, this weekend and this week on Jason Hayward and Kyle Hendricks. Uh, You'll be a smarter Cubs fan for having read them.
0: Yeah, give it a read. And uh, I really enjoyed your Q&A you had with Jed Hoyer, Cubs general manager, and I thought it was pretty funny how you – you were joking with Jed about how you wanted to go up to Schwarber and be like, hey, did you lose weight? I hadn't I hadn't heard about that because it seems to be everybody's fascination about Kyle Schwarber. Everyone's like stunned that Kyle Schwarber lost weight and I'm like, you're surprised that a professional athlete that has every resource available, an elite athlete was able to shed 20 pounds, but did you have a chance to talk to Schwarber at all and what did you see out there at Cubs camp?
1: Uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk to Schwarber. I was actually only at I was only there for a few days, and I spent two days at Sloan, one day at, at Camelback, and uh, there wasn't a lot of people in the Cubs clubhouse, actually. It was pretty dead. Uh, thankfully, Jed saved me. <laughs> Let me do that two-part Q&A because uh, we were just all standing around for a while. But, yeah, Schwarber, I mean, you know, we saw yesterday he, he still obviously has power despite losing weight, which was kind of a funny, uh, a funny thing people were tossing around. You know, I, I didn't see anything that was too um, – revelatory at Cubs camp, but they are definitely a lot looser. They're a lot more well-rested. They weren't as exhausted. You know, even though it's only like, you know, World Series is, what, in two more weeks than, than it normally would be they're playing, you know, there's all that other stuff you have to do. There's all the, you know, the trappings that come with being a champion. You know, Theo told me, this is actually the in 2016, he was talking about how, you know, when they won for the first time in Boston, Terry Francona made like, he spoke at like every possible club in Boston that he could. Yeah. Anyone that would offer him a chance to speak, he did, and that stuff does wear on you. So I think that's it shows you why teams don't uh, repeat generally, because it's just too difficult.
0: Yeah, and that's what I said. After they lost to the Dodgers and the NLCS, just talking to some of those guys in the clubhouse, they just looked completely spent, whether it was – You know, mentally or physical or just all around. They had played a ton of baseball, and not just the fact that it was a lot of games, it was the type of games they played in. You think about that series with the Nationals and how many high-leverage moments there were, and obviously the bullpen was taxed, but I think just everybody was worn out, and I thought it was interesting the um, Astros, Dallas Keuchel today was, was asked about that, about repeating, and he like kind of took a jab at the Cubs. I don't know if you saw this, John, but he was like, yeah, well, we have better players than the Cubs. Just bluntly just bluntly blurted that out, but I don't think he realizes how tough it's going to be for them to repeat.
1: Right, exactly. I'm not even thinking about them repeating just because I know how difficult it is, and you're right about the high-leverage moments because, you know, I wouldn't someone... I was talking about it with... I think it must have been in 2016. It wasn't last year. It was in 2016. I was on the field before the game talking to Theo, and then John Smoltz came over, and Smoltz was talking about how every inning's two innings is basically how he sees it in the postseason. Every inning's two innings. And, you know, it wasn't just that they were exhausted when they got beat by the Dodgers. It was that game five. Game five, they were thrilled they won it, but they knew, the Cubs knew that they were cooked, basically, without a lot of luck, without the Dodgers beating themselves because everyone had to pitch, you know, and Wade Davis had to bail them out. And that killed him. Wade couldn't pitch. You know, Wade was done. Yeah. So that crushed them. For the, for the NLCS, but, and the funny thing is the way they went down, no one was like upset, because you could tell I mean, it was clear that, that the Dodgers were a better team, and they were in a better state, and Theo talks, or Jed talks about that in the Q&A, he doesn't, actually he was like, upset, you know, he wouldn't make an excuse, like you can make an excuse now well, yeah, they're better, but Jed's point was, yeah, they're better, because we, we tanked you know, we were such crap in the first half of the season, that we had to sprint in the second half you know, and yeah. I remember last year being I remember being at camp last year, and Ben Zobers telling us specifically, we have to get off to a good start. If we don't get off to a good start, we're screwed, because we're going to have to sprint at the end, and then we'll be exhausted. And Ben was proven 100% correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you think even before that series with the Nationals, they had to fight to even clinch the division. I mean, remember those games in in Milwaukee? I think it was a four game series, but just a few weeks ago, and Milwaukee was on their tail, and the Cubs took care of business. But those were really tight games, and you could you could look even ahead of the NLDS a few weeks to those series with the Brewers and the Cardinals, and how much that impacted their. Their you know uh, postseason performance. So yeah, I think that's a great point. Getting off to a big start, so they don't find themselves having to fight off teams like the Brewers and the Cardinals later on in the season.
1: Yeah, that was that was the killer. Like we thought, you know, they were they were in a good shape. Like we thought we were like they're going to make it, but it was still like man, I'm, why am I in Milwaukee like a week before the season's over, still sweat, still watching them sweat this out? Right. You know, that was that was the thing I thought about last year. So. Yeah, this the way they start this year will be, um, you know. I don't predict them going twenty six and five or twenty five and six, whatever it was. But you know, they, they do need to get off to a much better start.
0: There aren't a whole lot of question marks out of Cubs camp, and and Jed uh, also in your Q and A had said that they they actually don't like a whole lot of ke- competition in spring. They'd rather have guys come in with the mindset that they are like they have their position locked down. Obviously, there's like. You know their own internal competition and in that competitive drive, but all the beat reporters and you guys do such a great job at the athletic finding different angles on stuff. But for the most part, there aren't a whole lot of question marks. It's like who's going to bat lead off, and then we can all pretty much agree that it's going to be a, a platoon type situation with Happ and Elmore, and probably Zobrist will get some reps. The bullpen, what's it going to be? We probably won't know until Madden has the opportunity to to rotate those guys during the season. So. I guess for you, what are you keeping an eye on? What are you, what are your um, other than those question marks? I guess, and how Schwarber's going to perform and some of that stuff. What are your question marks for the Cubs going into the year?
1: Well, I think the biggest one is going to be how they're going to divvy up playing time in the outfield and to, and in some sense in the infield. You know, so I saw the trip report the other day. going can do more first base, which makes sense um, to, to help Rizzo a little bit. How are they going to divvy this up? And Sahada heard a really good piece. Basically, you know, everyone likes Jason Hayward. You know, and everyone knows how bad he's been. It's kind of like those things are accepted now. You know, he's just he's, no one's expecting Chili Davis to have this kind of like one eighty with him. You know, it's hopeful at best. And I don't even think the team is honestly that confident he's going to turn it around. So, how much is he going to play? You know, they talk about him these two gold gloves and all that, but how can he keep half and Almora? Out of the lineup, you know, if Schwarber stays, as, long as Schwarber plays a lot, you know, and he's hitting like he did in the second half. That's a big question. When you hear Jed and Theo say, "I don't envy Joe for his decisions," you know, they're not quite um, meaning that in a good way. They do want to see how Joe's going to give you this up, you know, with respect to Jason and you know what he means and what a good guy he is and what he, the value he does have. So I'm curious on how the outfield
0: shakes out mostly. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I wrote a blog about about Hayward because I, I, I felt like I was having deja vu when we were talking to Madden and he was talking about how, yeah, Hayward, Hayward looks good. He's confident. He's working on a few things with his swing. Hi. And I Googled 2017 spring training, Jason Hayward, and, like, literally the exact same quotes and lines were coming out of Cubs camp. And granted, he did put up better numbers compared to the 2016 disaster. But it's like, what? I've never seen a guy come into the spring every year with major adjustments to a swing or this much attention onto a swing. I think there should be some serious concerns about that. And if he has made changes, I, you know, I'll believe it. I'll buy into it when I see a full year's worth of performance at the plate. Exactly
1: right. There's no need to buy. And, you know, last year we talked about it a lot and all the work he did. and This year it's like, all right, he's doing the work again. Kind of like the Derrick Rose stuff. No, no, this year he's going to be back. Right. Um, right. She's ready now. Um, but he does bring stuff. I mean, he is a good base runner. He's a good outfielder. He's a great leader, good teammate. You know, you just. But he's a, he's just a hero at plate right now. Like, yeah. And, and and you know what, and the people behind that, you know, they know it. They know it. like someone said to me, like how tough it must be for him yeah. to go in every day. Yeah. You know when he's in a when he's in a bad cycle. So people feel for him.
0: Hey, speaking of Derrick Rose, your thoughts on him going back to his uh, it's the um, it's the return part like ten for Derrick Rose with with Tibbs up in Minnesota? What do you think?
1: Um, you know, I don't know if it's a great pitch for the for the Timberwolves. I don't know if he's really what they need. Um, I do think Derrick has value as a guard off the bench. You can just give him the ball, and he can still get there. He can still drive. He's been driving pretty good the past years, even dunking again. So I don't think he's without value. You know, I do think something is missing because he just he hasn't looked good the past two years. I mean, the last year, the Bulls, he was okay. You know, he's obviously good in the, uh, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Or actually, the second to last year, last year, Tibbs. The last year, Tibbs, he was still, you know, remember he almost won them that first-round series of Cleveland. I'm almost. But, like, he had him up. He had him almost up 3-1. Mm-hmm. And he was playing well. Um, I, I give a lot of credit to Tibbs for giving him another chance. You know, I think Derek's Honestly, his next stop is going to be, in, you know, China. To be honest, I don't. I think his NBA, No one wants to get. He's not reliable. You know, but he's had some problems. I mean, some of the problems that I've heard are, are pretty bad too. Like, I mean, there's personal stuff that he had to step away from. It wasn't good. It wasn't his fault either. Um, so, you know, it's just like ever since he signed that max deal, it's just been one bad thing after another. And I, I don't think you know it makes much sense to think he's just going to shake out of it but I think he still has value as a guy off the bench. Instant offense, the microwave, you know, if that can be his, that can be his game, you know, I, I give credit to him for doing it. So I, I hope he succeeds.
0: That's John Greenberg from The Athletic, founding editor-in-chief, columnist at TheAthletic.com. Follow him on Twitter, at John underscore Greenberg. John, appreciate you joining uh, me on the first-ever episode of Powell at the Park. I know you're probably going to put that on your resume and your business card that you appeared on the first-ever podcast of Powell at the Park, so appreciate you jumping on.
1: Thanks. I'm putting it on my Twitter bio right now.
0: (laughs) Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. So that's John Greenberg, and that's the first episode of Powell at the Park. I really hope you enjoyed uh, listening to this first episode and uh, plenty more to come. Thanks to Lucas Giolito, the Chicago White Sox, for jumping on. He's the uh, first player we had on the podcast and some really interesting stuff there. And thanks to John Greenberg from The Athletic. Please uh, rate and review on iTunes. You can listen at WGNRadio.com. For um, all future podcasts, Google Play, you can also get it there. So uh, I'm Kevin Powell. Appreciate you listening to Powell at the Park. Hope you have a great day. Thanks.